I spent the last 10 years teaching corporate America leadership and teamwork. Now, I've left my 9 to 5 job to help as many people as possible become leaders in their work and personal lives. Some say leaders are born, but I say they're built. This podcast is the beginning of my mission to create change on a massive scale. Join me and follow along as we explore leadership, teamwork, and growth together. My name is Brian Rollo, and this is Lead with Impact. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Lead with Impact. My name is Brian Rollo, and I am so excited to have you here on the very first episode of this podcast. So for our first episode, uh, really I want to tell you a little bit about who I am, uh, why we're doing this podcast called Lead with Impact, and, and what the goal is. Really, the intention of this podcast is to help people with leadership. Leadership, yes, in the workplace. Leadership to help people gain respect, gain influence, be able to produce results through leadership, to lead teams to produce more and more, and not only the end results of production, but making the workplace a better experience for everybody involved in it, both you and the people on your team. When you put solid leadership principles into practice, good things happen, uh, both for you and the people that are with you, because they become engaged, it becomes a win-win, and when you follow that formula, results show. Production starts to go up, sales go up, everything goes up, attrition goes down, everybody becomes happier when you follow the principles of leadership and teamwork. The problem is, is these things have become maybe overcomplicated, so much different advice, uh, it can become difficult to know what to implement, and it can become a bit overwhelming. And no matter how many books you read, sometimes it is hard to apply that to real life situations. So the goal here is I'm going to tell you a little bit about my life story and see we can talk about maybe some of the situations I've been through and why I think this podcast can be really beneficial for you if you are interested at all in building your leadership skills and we can grow together on this journey. So that's my goal. But let me tell you a little bit about myself, how I got to this point in time. So I grew up uh, the oldest of three children in a little suburb, not too, too far outside of New York City and upstate New York. So not quite in the city, enough to be there once in a while, but really more of a suburban uh, white picket fence neighborhood that many of us probably are familiar with. So that was my upbringing. And, you know, I never really knew exactly what I wanted to be. It was always sort of up in the air. And even when I became time for me to land my first real job and to sort of get serious about this, I still didn't know. And sort of through some sort of stroke of good fortune, I had a friend who worked in the financial services industry. Uh, you probably could say a bank, actually a financial services holding company, but for the simplicity of fact, let's just call it a bank. And she was a teller there. Now, to me, at this point, I thought being a teller at a bank was probably the coolest thing you could ever dream for. Uh, and so she recommended to me me to get a job there. Now, I didn't get a job as a teller. I got a job really doing some data entry. And I was thrilled to have it. Uh, it was my first time really working in, a, again, a real, real job where you put on work clothes and you, you went in. And uh, I just thought it was the coolest thing ever for, for a little while. And then I realized if I was going to advance and have a real career, uh, 
probably I needed to explore ways to grow myself. So my journey took me from that initial part-time job to a full-time job at this bank, and I became, of all things, a repo man. <laughs> that was a position that was open for growth, for promotion. It was a quote-unquote promotion for me. So I became the repo man for the bank. Now, as you can imagine, that was an interesting job. Uh, it was certainly a lesson in knowing how to deal with people, but it was a challenge too, as you can imagine. I think I counted by the time I was done, I did over 500 repossessions. And you probably can imagine that sometimes you don't feel real good about doing what you have to do. Um, that job is necessary and the people that do it, I know work hard and are honest people, but it wasn't the right thing for me, even though I did it for a number of years. It really started to weigh on me. And it was difficult because you see people in difficult conditions and uh, sometimes you have to do things that really are heartbreaking to both of you. So that, that, was, that was tough for me and I knew it wasn't going to be my future forever. Uh, on top of that, the job, I got to be honest, did not pay all that well. So I was trying to support myself at this point in time. And I can literally remember uh, having an apartment that was on the second floor. And the good thing about that was that uh, I was above an apartment and I had another apartment above me on the third floor. And I figured out that uh, I could go in the winter and actually almost turn my heat all the way off because I could get the heat from the, heat from the apartments above and below me. So I spent probably a couple of winters in upstate New York, it gets cold, uh, really with the heat almost turned off so I could pay the bills and afford to keep paying my rent. Uh, and if you came to my apartment at that point in time, you basically had to wear your winter coat the whole way through. Uh, and uh, it just, it was, a, it was a tough situation. So I was having some difficulty that, that way, along with the way the job was. I had people threatened me. I got threatened with a gun. I got threatened with a knife. Uh, I would look out my window at night uh, in the cold apartment and, and really wonder what other people were doing uh, to advance in their careers. And, and the funny thing about this was people on the outside would think of me as a banker. they say, oh, he works at the bank. He's doing great. And a lot of people who work at the bank do uh, great, but I wasn't at that point in time. And they would call me a banker, but in truth, I was... I was a banker about in the same way that the custodian was a banker. And again, nothing against custodians. It's an honest job. And so there were some of the greatest people I knew there were the custodians. Uh, but just because they worked at a bank didn't make them a banker. And that's sort of the way I felt. I worked so, so hard. Uh, but I did not get a lot of uh, respect, I felt, or the influence, even though I worked super hard at my job and tried to do the best. So internally, I was wandering. You know, I was freaking out about what's going to happen because I could not see myself doing this for my whole life. But the longer I stayed in it, the more I became experienced in it. And sort of, I didn't know what my future was, but I was just sort of hoping things would work out, which is not a great long-term strategy. Even at the same time, I tried to look confident and I tried my best to be professional. And so I started applying for uh, management jobs. And really to my surprise even to this day I got accepted into a management position uh, as the repo man to be accepted in that out of the retail side of the company it's a little unusual uh, on paper I didn't have the qualifications but thankfully I guess they, they must have seen a spark in me and they gave me that promotion and that helped a little bit with money helped a little bit with the respect and really I started to feel like I was making progress but that didn't last forever uh, I got put in this position and part of the job was to lead people. 
But to be honest, I got a lot of training in this position about how to do the tasks uh, in a bank, how to make loans, how to take deposits, how to open accounts, all that sort of stuff. People taught me that really well, but I did not get a lot of training in how to teach people and how to lead people and how to motivate people. It was almost, almost like that was left to trial and error. And you sort of figure out what happened or figure out what works as it happens. And, and that's what I did. Uh, the problem with that approach, the problem with the trial and error approach to leadership is your errors hurt people. <laughs> they hurt you and they hurt the people that you work with and the people that you supervise. So that was tough. I started to feel the impact of that. I can remember to this day a couple of different incidents where I really had to have difficult conversations with people and either I wouldn't do it because I was just afraid to or I did it all wrong. And the person literally a couple of times I can remember this one young lady, I had to have a tough conversation with her about something uh, and she walked away crying in tears and I knew that I had handled that wrong. I did my best to handle it right, but I knew whatever tactic I took in that meeting was wrong uh, because it really did not affect her behavior and the future. All it really did was really upset her and uh, disconnect her from the company and from me as a manager. So I was trying to figure out, just because I was a manager, was I also a leader? Uh, I had the title, but was I really a leader? And at that point, uh, at that point I wasn't, I have to be honest. Um, even to the point where I'd feel a little bit of imposter syndrome. Uh, people would be looking for me to guide them. People would be looking for me to set the way. And I would think internally, you know, who, me? <laughs> you expect me to do that? I don't know how to do that. I don't know how to give you what you're looking for from me. Uh, and people really were looking for something that I could not deliver. Uh, and that was brutal. It was brutal, again, to sort of feel like you're letting people down. And the results of your team start to show it, that you are not doing a very good job being a leader. So I really knew at this point I had to figure things out. I had to figure out on my own sort of how to lead people. So I read every book I could. A million of them. I took as many courses as I could. And I really sort of had this moment of clarity, which I can really almost remember to this day, reading a book, and I totally can remember this, about how to recognize people and how to give people recognition. Like the simplest thing, saying to somebody, you did a good job. That was tough for me. Again, I had the, a bit of the imposter syndrome. Who am I to go tell them that? And I can remember the first day reading about this in a book and going to apply and telling somebody after they did a good job in the most awkward way possible. <laughs> hey, nice job doing that. And that simply was a struggle for me to be able to do it. But I remember their eyes lighting off and realizing, hey, there, there's some power in this. This person actually takes what I say seriously. And this is a tool I have to learn how to use a little bit better. Because then I started to realize that leadership was a skill. It wasn't a gift. It wasn't something innate that people are born with. It was a skill you could learn. And I came to see the more I exercised proper leadership and learned how to accomplish things, the more respect I gained in the company, uh, the more influence I had in the company. So I kept reading my books, I kept taking my courses, 
and I started to make some progress. Even got promoted to another position overseeing a large section of the retail portion of the company, managing hundreds of employees. But I ran into another wall, another difficulty. I came to see that when you manage a lot of people, no book can really prepare you because life isn't like a book. You're going to have real people with real life situations and real life challenges. And you need to be able to find a way to help them through that, at least as far as their work situation is involved. So to be able to manage through that and be able to adapt to the different types of circumstances that you are going to see. So it took years and years again of trial and error, again, without a lot of super formal training other than what I was getting on my own uh, and dealing with hundreds of employees to see what worked and what didn't work. And I can remember, again, the turn from when I'm having meetings with employees, difficult meetings, and they're walking away in tears, to having those same meetings, and not to say that nobody was ever upset because sometimes that's just the nature of it, but what people walking away from those meetings understanding the point and walking away from even the most difficult of conversations with people feeling like we were on the same team and shooting for the same results. And when you start to have those types of conversations, when you start to get people on board, when people buy into the mission and they buy into you as a leader, Again, you're going to start to see the results. You're, you're going to start to have black and white numbers that you can look at a balance sheet and see. And you can measure the respect and influence you get within your organization is having those leader skills. And they can and will lead, if you're good enough, uh, to financial gain too. But again, for me, that wasn't really while I was doing it. Although it was, I was happy to be able to heat my house uh, Really, the biggest reward was in helping people, helping those 40 hours a week or however many hours they're spending at work become better and have them feel good about their contributions in the workplace and where our team was going. So I became a successful leader of the company. Uh, it was almost a $3 billion company in assets. I was voted a high performer of the company. I was promoted eventually to the senior training manager. I worked with the C-suite. Uh, and 500 or so other employees. I developed the company's succession plan program, the company career development program, and developed a leadership program that I put um, a lot of managers through and got to learn from that too on that level. What works and what doesn't work when you're training a manager? What's effective and how can you boil all the lessons down into the real the really most effective part that people can come in and sit and go through the material or go through stories and go through illustrations and go through demos and really walk away with actionable skills that they can go back to the office that day or the next day and put into practice and start to see a change in how their team responds to them and how their team performs. So that was really the motivation uh, my, my biggest motivating factor is to be able to help leaders because I knew for every one of those leaders that I was helping, I was helping their team members too. So it was a multiplier. Every time I helped one of them, I helped two, three, five, ten, twenty other people that I wasn't seeing. And it became super rewarding. So I did that for years. And recently, I've taken the opportunity to go into business on my own. Uh, 
to walk away from my nine to five corporate job and to try to help more people on a larger scale. So that's what this podcast is all about, to take what I've learned through trial and error, through reading, through applications with hundreds of people, and be able to talk about that with you and hopefully be able to share what I have learned with you and to talk to people who are great leaders in their own right and be able to bring what they know to you also and deliver information to you that is entertaining, hopefully, and that you can enjoy listening to, but also learn from and apply in the workplace, yes, but also in the community, in the home. There's so many places where leadership is needed. Uh, And when you put the skills into practice, you're going to see great results. So that's what this is all about. I'm so glad you are here for the journey. I'm going to wrap this up now. And uh, thanks for listening to my story. I appreciate it. Hopefully you can relate to it a little bit, and I'd love to hear your stories too. If you want to reach me, you can get me at brian at brianrollo.com. That is B-R-I-A-N-R-O-L-L-O.com. I would love to hear from you, and I will see you soon. Have a great day.